0: A FOCUS SUMMARY OF CHAPTERS 23-25 through 25 OF PRIDE AND PREJUDICE While Elizabeth reflects on whether she ought to share the news about Charlotte, Sir William Lucas appears to announce it himself. Mrs. Bennet and Lydia are so incredulous, they declare he must be mistaken. Sir William replies to their insolence with courteous assurance. Elizabeth then steps in to verify his story and she and Jane suppress their family's exclamations with their own earnest congratulations. When Sir William leaves, Mrs. Bennet gives vent to indignant and self-contradictory feelings about the news, saying simultaneously, for example, that she does not believe the story, and she is sure they will never be happy. Primarily, she pities herself and holds grudges against Elizabeth, Sir William, and Charlotte for barbarously misusing her. All the family's reactions are, again, characteristic. Mr. Bennet is amused to discover that Charlotte is as foolish as his wife and more foolish than his daughter. Jane is surprised, but earnestly hopes for their happiness. And for Kitty and Lydia, it is only a bit of gossip to spread in Meryton. Lady Lucas enjoys the triumph of having a daughter well-married, despite Mrs. Bennet's sour looks. Elizabeth is deeply disappointed in her friend— and turns with fonder regard to her sister. A week had passed, Bingley had not returned, and Jane could only wait eagerly to hear again from his sister. Meanwhile, Mr. Collins writes with overdone expressions of gratitude to the Bennets, rapture over his engagement, and delight that Lady Catherine's approval means he shall very soon be able to call himself the happiest of men. The prospect of Mr. Collins's visit is no longer a pleasure to Mrs. Bennet, and she complains of it as much as her husband. Reports that Bingley will come no more to Netherfield that winter incense Mrs. Bennet, who calls them scandalous falsehoods, and worry Elizabeth, who fears his sisters have been successful at keeping him away. Jane tries hard to conceal her own anxiety, even in the face of her mother's indelicate comments." When Mr. Collins arrives, he is received less graciously than before, but happily for him and for the Bennets, he spends most of his time at Lucas Lodge. Mrs. Bennet suffers agonies of jealous abhorrence at the mere mention of the match, unable to bear the thought that when Mr. Bennet dies, she will be forced to make way for Charlotte. Mr. Bennet wryly reassures her, with the hope that she might die before he does. Miss Bingley's letter arrives, and puts an end to all Jane's hopes. She conveys assurance of their plans to stay in London, and confidence that her wishes in regard to Miss Darcy will soon be accomplished. Elizabeth hears the news in silent indignation. She does not for a moment doubt his fondness for Jane, but she thinks, with contempt, that his easiness of temper has led him to sacrifice his own happiness to their caprice." She is more angry with him still that he is not sporting only with his own happiness, but with her sister's. Long reflection leads her to conclude that whatever the cause of his apparent indifference, her sister is left to suffer a wounded peace. Jane herself complains only of her mother's continual reflections on the subject. She places no blame on Bingley, and she is grateful that only she will suffer from her own error of fancy." Elizabeth calls her an angel of sweetness and disinterestedness, and says she has never loved her as she has deserved. Jane humbly disclaims her praise, but Elizabeth assures her that excessive goodwill is not one of her faults. There are few people she loves, and fewer of whom she thinks well. The more she sees of the world, the more dissatisfied she is with it. She says that two recent examples have proved to her how little the appearance of merit and sense can be depended upon, one of which is Charlotte's marriage. Jane defends the match for its prudence and the possibility that Charlotte may feel a real regard for Mr. Collins. But Elizabeth says if she believed the latter, she would only think worse of her friend. Jane then questions Elizabeth about the other instance she alluded to, saying she hopes she does not think Bingley to blame she faults herself instead for being deceived by her own vanity and thinking his admiration meant more than it did. Elizabeth says she does not accuse him of scheming, but she does think him guilty of thoughtlessness. She says she still blames his sisters for trying to influence him, but Jane comes just as strongly to their defense. She asks Elizabeth to spare her the distress of thinking ill of them and allow her to see them in the best light. Elizabeth is unable to oppose such a wish. Mrs. Bennet continues to repine at Bingley's returning no more, but comforts herself with the conviction that he will come in the summer. Speaking to Elizabeth, Mr. Bennet congratulates her sister on earning the distinction of being crossed in love, and expresses his hope that Elizabeth will be jilted by Wickham so she is not long outdone by Jane. Wickham's visits help to dispel the gloom at Longbourn, Meanwhile, his claims against Darcy have been publicly canvassed, giving the people in town good reason for having always disliked Darcy. Only Miss Bennett continues to plead for allowances and urge the possibility of mistakes. Mr. Collins departs with more solemn expressions of gratitude and hope that very soon the day will be fixed that is to make him the happiest of men. A few days later, Mrs. Bennet's brother and his wife arrive to spend Christmas at Longbourn. Mr. Gardner is a sensible gentleman, superior to his sister by nature and education, and Mrs. Gardner is an intelligent, elegant woman, a favorite among her nieces. While Mrs. Gardner distributes presents and describes the latest fashions, Mrs. Bennet complains bitterly of having had two marriage prospects come to nothing— Mrs. Gardner, who had heard the news in correspondence with her nieces, tries to turn the conversation for their sake. Speaking to Elizabeth of the matter later, Mrs. Gardner expresses sympathy for Jane, but skepticism of Elizabeth's belief that Mr. Bingley was violently in love. She says these sort of quick attachments and sudden separations happen so often. She suggests that Jane accompany them back to London to enjoy a change of scene— Elizabeth is pleased with the proposal. Her aunt wants only to be sure that Jane does not come with the hope of meeting Mr. Bingley. Elizabeth assures her that would be impossible, but she cannot help but harbor a private hope that Bingley's affection might be reanimated. Jane accepts their invitation. The gardeners stay a week at Longbourn, enjoying daily engagements with the Phillipses, the Lucases, and the officers, of whom Wickham was always sure to be one. Mrs. Gardiner notices the attachment between Wickham and Elizabeth, and resolves to speak to her about the imprudence of encouraging it. But Mrs. Gardiner finds a particular enjoyment in the company of Wickham, because she once lived in the part of Derbyshire to which he belonged. They compare recollections of the late Mr. Darcy and other acquaintances in common. Learning the story of the present Mr. Darcy's treatment of him, she tries to reflect on his early disposition and recalls him being described as a proud, ill-natured boy.